Welcome to Let's Get Our Ship Together, a Lezzy fangirl debrief on the latest in queer women of color representation in television and film. I'm Aphrodite. And I'm Amira. And we have two The Bold Type episodes to review with you and debrief. Uh, episode 7, Mixed Messages, and Episode 8, Revival. I had a lot of feelings. I'm sure you did too, Amira. Mm-hmm. Because obviously Adina came back in episode 8. As soon as she walked into the scene, it felt like, I don't know, like my life was flashing before my eyes. Like all the feelings from season 1 just like rose up to the surface. And I was like, <gasps> like, <laughs> like <gasps> oh know, my god. Funny. I like, <laughs> even I felt like I was seeing an ex that I wasn't over. And I was like, right? god, I can only imagine what Aphrodite is feeling. <laughs> it was so hard. I mean, it was so thrilling and exciting. Wow. I just like felt so ashamed that she was ranked number five on my top five fantasy girlfriends of all time. I mean, that's okay. I think because <laughs> you literally are like, she is your ex that you're not over. That's why. <laughs> uh, I feel like, like, I'm uh... sorry. Did you dirty Adina? <laughs> I know, I just felt so ashamed. Like I like I took her for granted. That's what I that's what I felt. I felt like I took her for granted. And oh then she comes God. back into my life. I'm like, what have I done? That's my mistake. See, see <sighs> you were petty over the small things and then when she came back, that's it. You were like you were over it. Oh <sighs> I get it. I get it. Yeah, she came back looking stunning, gracious as ever. Like I, I don't know. She's just so <sighs> elegant. I feel elegant. like that's poised. Anyway, I feel bad for Tia <laughs> because how episode. does Tia even compete with that, right? Oh my god, I know. I felt so bad. I was like, you know, it literally even in the episodes it like cuts to Tia and like, I mean, she's not like hard pass or anything, but I'm like, oh Tia, you cannot, you cannot compete. I'm sorry, oh my honey. God, I know she doesn't even have a chance. And like, what's no. funny is like in episode seven, I really was rooting for Tia because I like respected like her point of view. Let's talk through episode seven, and then we'll talk about episode eight and go through all our Adina feelings. Episode seven was great because it really kind of brought out the fact that both of them are black and queer, and I feel like the racial profiling storyline gave us insight into how both of them operate. And it continued the storyline of Kat understanding her mm. blackness also. Yes, which yes. Which I appreciate it. Exactly. It's funny because when Tia suggested that um, Kat go with Sutton and she go with Jane when they were canvassing, I was like, that makes sense. You have to split up mm -hmm. the black people. But like Kat, because she's like a baby, wants to canvass with Tia. Like, oh, I want to spend all this time with my girlfriend because I don't want us to be apart for even like 30 minutes. So of course, because I had seen the preview of the episode, I knew it was going to happen. And I immediately knew why Tia wanted to split them up like that. But I also felt like it wouldn't have been that weird or out of place for Tia to just come right out and explain like, look, you know, sometimes in these neighborhoods, it doesn't look good if there's two black people canvassing together, we can get harassed or just even best case scenario, they're just not like not as responsive people or like, you know what I mean? They're not as into the pitch. That's why we pair up with white people. I mean, I think that would have immediately explained everything to everyone. Kat would have been like, oh shit, you're right. Let's go. Honestly, that was the moment right at the beginning when Tia should have explained why she was suggesting that pairing. Like, she has the mm -hmm. experience, she knows what works and what doesn't, and she should have just went with it and not let Kat make the choices. But I think maybe what was happening was Tia was hoping she would be proven wrong. And that's why yeah. she kind of let Kat follow her naivete. That and also, I mean, part of her 
probably also wanted to spend the day with Kat. You yeah, know? she's maybe like, oh, some of that happened. Why not? Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, I, like I mean, later when they're in the street and the white woman is harassing them, it's also interesting how the two of them react in that moment because Kat is straight up confused. She's like very yeah. surprised by all this, whereas T is like, oh, I know what to do, and she hits record on her phone yep. for their own yep. protection, right? And like Kat's like, I think she because she grew up wealthy and she only recently came into her identity as a black woman she just doesn't have the like the street smarts i should say but tia does you know tia is the one who says i think we should go and this is when the woman's like calling the cops right she's like i think we should go i don't think it's worth it we're leaving right now and it takes cat a minute to like catch up and be like oh yeah mm-hmm, yeah, yeah. let's mm-hmm. just walk away from this i yeah. will say that when cat was recording her response putting it on her instagram story or whatever sharing her experience being racially profiled and Tia tried to censor her. I kind of didn't like that. I didn't like it either. And this was another case. This was yet another case the second time now in this episode where Tia could have just come right out and explained it, but she didn't. Mm. And I felt like in this case, maybe Tia would have had a harder time putting it into words, like why she didn't think that it was a good idea. But, you know, later, and we'll get into it more in detail, when Kat asks her for the video that she recorded of the woman, And Tia's like, you know, she says, this isn't my first rodeo and kind of like Mm -hmm. implies that she has experience that tells, you know, I'm like, just tell her, just tell Kat what it is. Why are you kind of acting like you're this all knowing person? You know, I don't know. It was just like very kind of like high, uh, like high horse of her to act like that. And I Mm -hmm. felt like it was annoying because, because Kat has had or hasn't had, you know, those same life experiences, I feel like. Tia should have just been open with her and talked to her about it and been like, look, like this very specific thing happened to me before or even generalizing it to like sometimes this and this happens and I'm worried that this is what's going to happen. But she doesn't do any of it. She just like kind of gets upset, gets really huffy about it and doesn't explain anything. So of course Kat is like, she's like, well, you're not giving me a reason not to. So this is part of her character. She just sucks at communication sometimes. Like when she lied, like she gaslit Kat. Tia sort of has a pattern of not really saying what she means to say. Yeah, or flat out lying or omissions. I agree with Tia's tactic that she was like trying to play it smart, but I disagree with her with her shitty communication style. Yeah, I mean, Kat is trying to grow as a person. She already mm-hmm. had Adina who was like better at communication than Tia, but still, still needed some work. And now I feel like Kat needs to like, she needs to glow up, right? Like, Mm-hmm. she herself needs to be better at communicating and she needs to be with somebody who's better at communicating. So yeah. this was like a huge turnoff for me from Tia. It's funny because Kat says like later, Tia doesn't get me. She loves that I have a background in social media, but she doesn't want me to use it. And this is when she wants to post that video to Instagram, right? I think Tia does get you, but Tia also gets something else. Kat understands social media, but I think Tia understands like toxic internet culture. And yes. Okay, so yes, this like white lady is racist, but if you post her video, like she could get death threats. And it's funny because Kat has received threats in the past. She has been mm-hmm. put on blast and it like had her personal information put out there. So it surprised me that Kat was still this naive. She had previously been the victim of like, you know, online Twitter bashing. So it's strange to me that she felt like it was okay to use this woman's video as a way to sort of bolster their campaign campaign platform. Yeah, so I don't know. Sometimes Kat is like just a little dumb. 
Uh, I mean, she gets it by the end, but... Even when Tia explained it or they finally had their talk, like, their concern wasn't really for, like, that woman's well-being necessarily. It was more about, like, it would take away attention from what really matters, which is Kat and her campaign. That is definitely, like, a valid point, but I kind of wish that they had addressed the fact... Like, you know, of course, some people are like, okay, whatever, is this, like, racist woman and feel unsympathetic toward her, but, like, this happens all the time where people are put on blast for their behavior and it seems like the court of public opinion sentences them to a punishment far worse than (laughs) it's a little much so i just i wish they had talked about that a little bit more Mm -hmm. but Mm -hmm. still i like the the takeaways that they ended up coming out with so so tia goes over to scarlet for lunch to have lunch with cat and they're gonna like make thank you postcards and cat apologizes for not splitting up to canvas and she says you know she wanted to post the video blah 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 and so when tia finally sends it to her what I didn't like is that she goes, I can't explain this any more than I already have. But and I'm you like, didn't explain yeah, it, Yeah, you can't. You haven't explained it at <laughs> all. Like, <laughs> you know, and so that's finally when she says it can, it can derail the campaign. But I'm like, you literally haven't explained any of this. Like, you haven't explained, like, your experience in this, what you think will happen, what you what you know will happen. It was just so frustrating for me. Like Kat doesn't get it until Patrick spells it out for her. When Patrick says, oh, people are gonna be very aware of who this woman is, post the video, Kat. And that's when Kat realizes this is a bad idea. Yeah, because Patrick reacted just like she knew everybody else would. That's when she realized like, oh shit, that's gonna be everyone's takeaway. It's just like their awareness about this woman. Back at campaign headquarters, Kat confesses that she's a late bloomer when it comes to identity and racist yeah. stuff. Honestly, I just I was like slow ca- clapping for her in that moment. I was like, yes, <laughs> yes, honey, okay. <laughs> and then Tia, counts, she says she's in the same boat with her queerness. I mean, yeah. makes sense, obviously. Yeah. Kat says black and gay, and then Tia says one, two, punch. This is the moment that I was waiting for, for the show to recognize, like, this is kind of amazing. You have two black queer women who are very powerful and badass and they're together. But question, do you think that the sort of black and gay implication means that Kat is not bi? You know, I did wonder about that actually in this episode because I've always thought that she was kind of undefined at this moment, like Mm -hmm. up to this moment. Like, did she just realize that like, oh, I never really liked guys in the first place or I just like girls a lot more than guys? Because, you know, after... Adina, she did initially go on a date with another guy and it turned out to be not a good one, but like... Yeah, that's true. I wasn't sure if she was just kind of... I, I don't know. Anyway, I I feel like a lot of times people who are bi colloquially refer to themselves as gay or true. queer or like a more like umbrella term. True. So I don't, know, I don't know if that's necessarily like defining herself as one or the other, but yeah. I don't know. I don't know if she'll ever address it. I mean, I would love for some like bi representation, but I feel like either one would make sense with her storyline. Yeah, so I mean, far. she did kiss Alex at, like in that one episode. Yeah, and then immediately regretted it. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, they both were like, nah. <laughs> I didn't know we were going to get a love scene, and it was good. Like, Tia has some good back muscles. Did you notice? Like, those back muscles. I'm like, yeah, okay, okay. You have like a the- thing for backs, I think. You're just, you're always looking at people's back muscles. I mean, Kate Blanchett in yeah. Carol. <laughs> Everyone remembers those muscles, okay? Nobody forgets okay, those she was shoulder like fucking blades. Ripped, right? Like, come on. <laughs> those are like mommy muscles. M O M M I, of course. <laughs> oh my god, it was like it was so cute watching them like make out and then like get into sexy times and then like while yeah. they're like in bed, Tia says, "I want to be with you," 
And Kat mm-hmm. says, I want to be with you too. Oh, wow. Now, okay, one second. Before we get to the, the, the punch at the end of the episode, I may 100% be overreading this. After episode eight. So remember in Charmed when Nico says that Greta was just somebody that was there for her <gasps> at that time? Oh my God. I feel like that's what Tia is for Kat. Oh, I don't know if she actually really likes her. I mean, notice that Tia is the one who initiated, I want to be with you. And Kat just responds naturally. I want to be with you too. But I'm like, I don't know. I don't know. I'm not feeling the same chemistry. Mm. I'm not sure if this is like, you know, Kat was just trying to get back out on the dating scene. And she saw this girl who's like seemingly queer and Mm. seemingly like flirting with her and kind of like pursued her. And then she turned out first she said she wasn't queer and then she mm-hmm. said she is but she's still figuring that shit out and that's not what Kat signed up for in the first place that's not no. what she was attracted to in Tia right she thought she found this like confidently cool queer woman yeah, yeah. and that's not what Tia was yeah I mean that's also what Kat found attractive in Adina and this is where we have to compare the two yes. okay yes yes okay <laughs> like we're just gonna do it it's ugly but we have to okay we have to compare <laughs> Tia and Adina the difference mm-hmm, between mm-hmm. the two of them, like, I've noticed that Kat and Tia have, like, really cute, like, witty back-and-forth banter, which is okay, but only for a certain amount of time, and after a while, that's not deep. Whereas right. with Adina, I'm just thinking about Adina and Kat, their first time hanging out, and they're, like, messing around with the vibrators, and, <laughs> a, I know, and <laughs> Adina sees right through Kat's banter. She sees right through it, and she's like, you use humor to disguise what you actually are feeling. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, and like and that's the difference because Tia doesn't cut anywhere deep yeah Tia is also black and queer and that's great because they can relate right it's I think it's also hard if you're like a queer woman of color to not want to know what it's like to date one of your own maybe Kat is dating Tia because Tia is there in the way that Nico was dating Greta because Greta was there but I also think Kat was into Tia because Kat is into her blackness and wants to know that in another way. Yeah, definitely that could be a part of it. Yeah, even if that's not something that's said explicitly. I have to say that when we got that montage of them in bed and we see Tia's back and like Kat is straight up moaning, I was like, Jesus, fuck. They are really (laughs) showing this. Like, they are really showing two black queer women in bed together and Kat is moaning. I can't believe. Mm -hmm. Freeform, Mm -hmm. come on. No, I know. This ain't the CW, so. (laughs) CW would not have shown that Exactly. My mind is being blown in that moment. Like, Jesus, fuck, they're really giving us this. And then my mind was double blown the moment right after. I do think that it's possible that Kat is into Tia, but just in a more superficial way, like in a shorter fling kind of way, but that Kat Mm, is not... Yeah, it's a rebound. I mean, Kat, we already know, is not, like, relationship experienced, right? So it's hard to write. Like, when you have those feelings for the first time, like a really mm-hmm. deep like fulfilling relationship especially your first one and then mm-hmm. you have like a follow-up relationship where like it doesn't feel the same it's just like it's like different it's not bad it's not better or worse yeah. it's just different yeah. sometimes it's not until later that you realize like oh that was kind of a that was just a rebound like <laughs> yep yeah it's just like what i needed I at mean, the time and now i don't need it we're all hit with that 
that sort of double whammy of like, holy crap, we got this love scene. And then right after, a text mm. from Adina. And I, I honestly thought that was going to be the climax of the episode where they have the sex scene. I was like, oh, that's the end of the episode. That's great. That's great. And then I'm like, I'm letting my guard down. I'm like, oh, the credits are going to roll. <laughs> Everything's going to be fine. And then boom, with this, hey, period. I'm in town. Next line. Gallery open. Next line. Would really love to see you. No punctuation. And I'm like, oh my God. <laughs> Jesus. Right in the gut. Oh my goodness. Yeah. So then it looks like she didn't check the text immediately because episode eight opens. This is the opener of the episode, the opening scene. Kia, as I have dubbed them, and maybe other people haven't checked them. <laughs> That is cat. in bed. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. They are in bed post-coitus. I, I just love, because there's so many episodes of the show that open with like some hetero nonsense. And so I'm just so happy that there was literally the opening scene of them naked in bed, like waking up together. And so Kat now sees Adina's text and we get another shot of Tia's back. Yes. That I'm sure you enjoyed while she's getting dressed. <laughs> I did, I did. <laughs> so she doesn't tell Tia about mm-hmm. it. She sees it. And then next thing, she's grouping up with Jane and Sutton to debrief. Yes. And I feel like this is a very relatable, I mean, it's relatable for everybody, right? Like queer and straight, like it doesn't matter. Like, oh, yeah. Your ex comes back into town. They text you. You go talk to your friends to see what you should do because <laughs> you have feelings about it of course and like and so cat obviously confesses to what jane refers to as tingering which is texting <laughs> and lingering in the previous relationship <laughs> which is definitely something lesbian exes do with each other where they just sort of uh-huh, like uh-huh. text like hi how are you i still care about you blah 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 yeah i'm like you're not letting this other person move forward without you are you I love how Jane uses it so confidently and she's like, it's a thing I just made up. <laughs> I mean, it is curious because Kat sees the text from Adina, doesn't say anything from Tia, and like her face changes. Then we cut immediately to her debrief with Jane and Sutton. And mm-hmm, she's mm-hmm. talking about her feelings and she says, I fell so hard so fast. Adina opened my eyes. She taught me things about myself and she was dot 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 is Incredible. Then the girls are thinking, which is why you have to see her. But then she texts and tells Adina that she can't and says, no, I need to move on. I'm like, this is Kat in denial for sure. But also like, what a strong baby gay. I mean, who among us can say (laughs) in her place that we would have been that strong? Um, I also love the line when uh, Kat says, I used to fantasize about the moment I'd see Adina again. And I think it was Sutton who said, and how you'd have Michelle Obama arms when you do <laughs> oh, I enjoyed that line a lot. I did. Yeah, yeah. I just love Sutton's quips. She's like, she's great. Maybe she really would love to see you, and then Sutton ends with naked. Like, Sutton is just like, <laughs> she's just like out there. She wants Kat to get all the pussy. That's what she wants. Yeah, yeah. She wants her both of her friends to be sexually satisfied and I think that's really like so like genuine and kind of her you know Mm -hmm. I mean here's a question though because obviously during sex Tia and Kat both said they wanted to be with each other but are they girlfriends I was wondering the same thing because if Sutton is encouraging Kat to see Adina that to me says that 
Kat has not relayed any information to make Sutton believe that she and Tia are exclusive. Yeah, I mean, it was just the night before, right, that she said that. And then the next time Kat talked to them, she's, it's about Adina's text. So I'm assuming she didn't even tell them that they had that I want to be with you No, exchange. she didn't tell them that at all. All she told them about was the Adina text. Yeah, and then we can we can talk about this more at the end of the episode because that's definitely, that came up again in my mind and in the closing scene, but we'll talk about that later. So Jane is doing a story about an abusive photographer and she's gotten a lot of women models to come forward and break their NDAs. And it's actually like a really fantastic story. And I love that Jacqueline is like, integral part of it and it's too bad that we don't really have time to cover it (laughs) on our podcast but um i've really been enjoying it because so far jane's storylines have been very centered around you know pinstripe and like i don't know her growth as a writer and she's just uh, comes off as a little like immature but i really feel like she's grown significantly as like a character and um i just appreciate what they're doing with her and her storyline so i just wanted to say that little bit But anyway, they talk about who could possibly be the photographer for their story to photograph all of these women. You know, it's a potentially dangerous thing. They need somebody from, quote unquote, outside the community because this abusive photographer that they're going to be exposing is very powerful, has a lot of connections, blah, blah, blah. So Oliver has an email from Adina's agent saying that she's in town. And so he suggests her knowing that she's Kat's he even says that's Kat's ex-girlfriend and they ask Jane if she thinks that's a good idea and to be honest I had the exact same reaction as Jane in the scene where it was like oh that's kind of awkward but actually yeah she yeah. would be perfect right because Adina would be perfect for that space yeah she would make all yeah. the models I mean, feel super for sure. safe she would bring yes. out their energy no yeah of course yeah, she'd do a fantastic job, and she absolutely would not be bothered by the idea of this, like, whatever, all-powerful, horrible woman yeah. who <laughs> could affect her right. career, because it seems like she wouldn't be able to really affect Adina's career, I mean. Yeah, but also, Adina's someone who gives, like, zero fucks. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, she would definitely do what's right before what's easy, right? Like, that's the kind of person she is, so. Jane brings this up with Kat, and Kat compl- reassures her that it's totally okay to have Adina do the photo shoot. She's over it, so it's okay. But, like, she's definitely in denial. If she was really over Adina, she would have told Tia what was up. But she didn't. Oh, yeah. No, there are several signs that she's not over Adina before she literally says it. (laughs) When Jane and Adina meet up, that's the first time we've seen Adina since the end of last season. And I just want to say, Adina looks amazing. Walk us through your experience. Because, like, she walks in, and the brick wall is behind her, and she, like, just sort of looks over to the side, and we see that she looks amazing. Her wrap, her makeup, her clothes. She's wearing this, like, iridescent coral blazer, but it's, like, a loose blazer, and it looks like it has, like, a black velvet lapel. And then the most important Mm. part of her outfit is the cleavage. She's wearing a long (laughs) statement necklace, and the statement part of the necklace hits right at the goodies. Oh, I'm like fanning myself. Her looks, her style, everything. She just looks so good. So good. And that's also how Kat sees her. That's how Kat yep. sees her. Ugh. Yep. When Jane and Adina meet up, it's like low-key awkward <laughs> or like high-key awkward. 
I was actually really pissed off that Jane told Adina the cat was seeing someone. Same, same. I was just going to say, she should not have... Okay, Adina asked, how's cat mm-hmm. doing? So you just say she's doing well. You can give her, the, you know, the little career update. Okay, running for city council might be a tad too informative, but still within the bounds of respectable. Mm-hmm. To say that she's seeing someone, when Kat herself, as we've discussed, has not explicitly yes. defined this relationship with Tia, seemed a little, I don't know. I'm, I'm not sure what Jane's motivation was there. If she was just trying to prove something to her or like, break the news to her just genuinely wanting her to know before she finds out or like I don't know I don't know what Jane's motive was but it was very much like out of line like she that was not her piece of information to tell the fuck what are you doing why would you say that why 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 would Jane get her ass involved like that is it because she's nosy is it because she's trying to protect Kat or is she trying to make Adina jealous (laughs) so Adina will pursue Kat we don't (laughs) understand we don't know we don't know I think that Jane, she does not think before she speaks. And I think that this was one of those cases where maybe she didn't even know why she was telling her, but she just, you know, I mean, maybe it's Adina, just those eyes. You look into those eyes and you just, you, she makes you just spill. Yeah, everything. So. Oh my God. It's maybe like, it's not you Jane's can't fault. <laughs> not look at Adina and feel a little lost. She just is so goddamn stunning. She has a way of like sort of eliciting the truth from Mm. people, even when they don't know what the truth is themselves. Adina was the one who asked how Kat was. They decide to go back to Scarlet. Kat's finishing up doing this like really cool, like walking through the workplace interview thing. And she just looks like fucking amazing. You know, Tia is like on point as the campaign manager as usual, hyping up Kat. And then Adina comes out of the elevator. And it's like, time stops. You can just tell both of them. They're like, oh my god. (laughs) To Jane's credit, she thought Kat was recording that video outside the office. She didn't realize they were doing it at Scarlet. The thing is, even if Jane had texted Kat in advance, nothing could have prepared Kat for the sight that was Adina. There's nothing that could have been said that that would have prepared Kat emotionally. Mm-hmm. She is so surprised to see Adina. But like, it's funny because when they see each other, Adina like smiles. She's like really genuinely happy to see Kat. She was probably secretly hoping that she would run into Kat when they went to Scarlet. <laughs> the first thing I would say if I was seeing Kat, my ex, for the first time, your hair, I love it. Because now Kat has these gorgeous braids in. She looks amazing. <laughs> it's like Kat leveled up a little bit while Adina was gone. Kat introduces Tia as her campaign manager. You know, they haven't exclusively defined their relationship, as far as we know. Because Tia is her campaign manager and, you know, images everything when you're running for office, it's possible that they have either talked about it or just have an unspoken understanding that, like, that's how they will introduce each, you know what I mean? Like, Tia's not going to be like, this is my girlfriend and a candidate for city council. And you know what I mean? And and Kat's not going to say, this is my girlfriend and campaign manager. But Tia knows who Adina is. In this context, it's a little like, you know, sideline to say, this is my campaign manager and not this is my girlfriend. Like, when you meet your, when you like run into an ex with a girlfriend, you should say, this is my girlfriend, right? Kat, by referring to Tia as her campaign manager, is also like failing to disclose to Adina 
that she's seeing someone new. Like, Kat doesn't know that Jane already yes. told Adina. Yes, exactly. That she's seeing something. And Adina now doesn't know that this is the person that she's seeing. Poor Tia, because Tia has seen all the photos of Kat and Adina before on Instagram, and she knows how hot Adina is. So this is, like, extremely <laughs> uncomfortable. She's like, wow. And, like, yeah. she kind of says, like, hey, I'm going to go catch up with the video editors. She walks over and waits for the elevator. Yeah. And it's, like, really sad watching her be the blurry figure in the background when we look at the site that is Adina. Like, Adina's just glowing. And then right. Tia's, like, all the way in the back. And then she steps into the elevator, but we don't even see it because she just fades into the Yeah. And, like, Adina <laughs> is, like, definitely impressed with Kat. We can also see that Kat is having trouble maintaining eye contact with her. Like, Kat is a little bit flustered. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. She's a little nervous. She's, like, happy to see Adina, but, like, not that happy because she's just, like, a little bit in shock. And then yeah. Adina, being so elegant, says, good to see you. And she just walks away, like, not expecting anything more from mm-hmm. Kat. But Kat, because she's hung up on Adina just like the rest of us, whips around and she's like, oh, you have a gallery show? And she's so awkward and uncomfortable. She's clearly about to have a meltdown. And Adina says, yes, you should come. Adina is like at least 10 paces away at this point. Like just, like she yells out. (laughs) Oh, you're here for a gallery Uh, opening? Oh my God. Yeah. Like, She's about to fall apart, and then we cut to the fashion closet scene where she indeed falls apart. Kat, like, realizes she's still into Adina, which, you know, I get it. You had to see her to, like, fully realize it. Jane and Sutton are trying to comfort her, and then Kat talks, like, she brings up, you know, Sutton and Richard's relationship and says, what if Adina is my Richard? Which, fuck that. Hating that she's comparing fuck to her that. Richard, I hate like, that. The dynamic between the two of them is completely different, but I'm like, you know what? I'm going to set that aside. I'm not going to be bad about that right now. And I'm just going to choose to understand what I know that they meant by that, which is that they broke up and then they came back together and they were like meant to be or whatever. So I think that Kat here is asking the question that all the fans are asking, which is, is Kadena endgame? Yep. (laughs) (laughs) Let me translate that question. So, you know, they have a little think about that. And I'm having to think about that, too, because I'm like, you know, if they're going to actually bring that up in the show, I think that that means that we're supposed to entertain that thought as well. But this is sort of like where the show catches up to the fans, because mm-hmm. the fans have been saying Kadena's endgame. And the show is trying to slowly catch up with what the fan base is talking about. Later, when we find out, when they actually start talking about the breakup, that exchange is also another instance where the show and the show's writers are trying to catch up with our confusion as viewers as to what happened in Paris, right? I don't think it's that they're trying to plant the idea that Kadena's endgame for the fans. I think the fans sold the idea that Kadena was endgame, and then the writers are playing catch up. That's what I think. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I want to just take a pause to talk about this trend, and I'm, I'm wondering if you can help me figure this out because I feel like back in the day with, you know, dramas or or sitcoms or whatever, the first relationship wasn't necessarily Mm -hmm. meant to be endgame. The first relationship shown. Yes. Right? Like they would be in and out of relationships. Basically actors would come and go. And then in the end they would like, if they had them end up with somebody, if it was that kind of story, then they would have somebody that would be endgame. But Nowadays, I feel like they start off with a strong first relationship for the main characters. And so that even the audience really pines for them to be endgame. Mm. And 
the writers, you know, I don't know if it's their intention from the beginning to have it be Endgame, or in, you know, regardless of what the fans think, or if they didn't want it to be Endgame, and then because of the fans' reaction, they decided to make it Endgame. Either way, I don't know, is this is this something you've also noticed where, like, it's almost like a given that it's, like, kind of teased mm. at the very least that the first relationship shown will be Endgame. And if it's not teased, then it's for sure, you know? like Yeah, so I think there are two environmental factors that we need to take into consideration with this trend. I agree that this is a trend. But mm. the first is social media. Social media and fandom mm. have evolved in a way where, like, the only read that writers have on what audiences want is through Twitter and Facebook, etc., etc. So that's how they're trying to get at an audience reaction uh, by looking at social media and what people are saying. The second thing that's happening is the sort of explosion. We're in like the golden age of television. There's actually too much media to consume. And what that means still is that every show is like the target audience is smaller, but very specific. You're mm. cutting at a smaller and smaller slice of like mainstream audiences to get enough of a following even if the viewership's not that high that the show can get renewed for another season and i think what showrunners have realized is that they need a good ship to generate social media buzz because their ratings are not going to help them get that renewal the social media buzz yeah. and the queer fandom specifically is going to help them get that renewal so i think it's a strategy you're right i mean social media is such a large part of it now because before all they had was basically the overall nielsen data or something like that just like knowing how many views they're getting going up and down but they're not really sure why it's going up or down and now people are really given a voice to say specifically what they are enjoying and what they would like to see so you know they can't obviously like make changes in real time because the stuff we're watching has already been written and recorded however long ago but they do implement those changes in in the next season mm. so yeah and it's kind of funny too because now that i'm thinking about it you know with xena of course that happened where season one they had a lot of male love interests and then they found out that <laughs> fans were very much interested in the relationship between xena and gabrielle so they started just sort of playing that up more. They were like, hey, all right, the fans want it. We're feeling it. Why not? So I like that, you know, of course, Xena did it first, Xena did it better, etc. <laughs> but yeah, it's like very wise to sort of listen, within reason, listen to what the fans like. Thank you. I just, I was just uh, thinking about that. I mean, so we're back at Kat's apartment. Kat and Tia are, are like standing around and Tia says, well, the timing wasn't great. And Kat assumes that Tia's referring to the elevator moment, but she's not. And that's mm. when Tia says, what happened between us was big for me. Because Adida was Kat's first, but Kat is Tia's first. And that's what's really heartbreaking about this, actually. Because Tia's about to get her heart broken. Like, it's gonna happen. Yeah. Yeah. I know, right? And, like, this poor girl <laughs> just figured out her shit. And she's like, why didn't you tell me Adina was back in town? And Kat's like, oh, I've never had an ex before, so I'm figuring it all out. I feel weird and awkward running into an ex with your yeah. new boo. And Tia smiles at the phrase new boo. And she sort of says, who is also your campaign manager? And Kat <laughs> tries to reassure Tia, the most important thing is that Adina and I didn't work. We're done. And I'm like, oh, you shouldn't yeah. have said that. Kat, you shouldn't have said that because you're not done. <laughs> you're not done. It's an over-reassurance. <laughs> Kat's still in denial about her and Adia being done because they're not. You can tell that T is hurting from this because she does ask that they not talk about Adina anymore. Yeah, in like a very kind of like, I don't want to seem like I'm upset about this kind of way. 
almost making a joke of it, but like you can tell she's like getting a little worked up talking about it. She made herself very vulnerable. So I get why she's hurt. Kat needs to be a little bit better about communicating. <laughs> she needs to communicate better with herself even. Oh, she totally does. I feel like Kat and Tia are not honest with each other because they're both not honest with themselves. Yeah. Like yeah. that's yeah. that's why they don't work. That's why there's no way You're in hell right. we could ever ship them. I mean, it's great mm -hmm, to see, mm -hmm. again, two black queer women together who are like badass and doing this campaign. But like Tia lies to herself, Kat lies to herself, and so they both lie to each other. And I'm like, oh my God, yeah. this is nonsense. Nonsense. Yeah, yeah. It's just, it's not, it's not working. It's not working. <sighs> the next time we see Adina, it's during that photo shoot. And did you notice her arms? Did you see? She looked radiant. <laughs> <laughs> She did have very, yeah, she has very nice arms. She has very nice I, arms. I loved everything, everything about her scenes regarding this shoot. She's just so like, oh my God. I, it's like, I wish she was a real life photographer right? and I could work with her. You know what I mean? Like she just has that, she brings that like, that like serenity. Oh my almost, God. She's, you know? yeah, she like, she makes this, that like, comment aura about yeah, of peace and like, yes, peace, honesty, truth, justice. She just gives off those vibes. <laughs> <laughs> and she's just so positive. Yeah. She's also wearing like pale blue nail polish and you can watch her during the photo shoot like talking to these women. I bring up the pale blue nail polish because I'm also into that. I'm just like really in my femme for femme space right now because like every time I yeah. see Adina like it just brings out everything. The, everything that made me gay is Adina. It's like her like her energy, her vibe, her look, her clothes, her style, her nail polish. Oh! Um, but she's like talking to these women and helping to bring out the energy from them. She's like giving them guidance, clearly pulling out the best from these models. The models start to sort of renege on their promise to do this expose, and Jacqueline gives a fantastic pep talk, love every time she does this. Mm, mm, yeah. And that's when Adina goes up to Jane and says that she wishes she had someone like Jacqueline to talk to because, quote, I probably could have avoided some pretty big mistakes. And Jane, being the nosy yep. bitch that she is, <laughs> what Adina meant by that, right? Jane starts to interrupt, but then Adina says, nope, I'm going to go back to the photo shoot before we miss the moment. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, like, because she knows, she can tell that Jane is like, put it like the wheels are turning. She's like that meme of like, you know, the woman from that, that soap opera with like, you know, like all the math equations. She's like, wait a minute, big mistakes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh. And so she, yeah, so Jane finds her after the shoot. She's like, so what did you mean by that? Like, I was talking about a lot of things. I know. Jane's straight up goes, was one of them cat? <laughs> like, damn, Jane. Damn, oh. your nosy ass reporter ways are showing. Oh, my God. And Adina just says yes. I mean, she just admits it. So, yeah, I don't know. I mean, what did you think of this explanation she gave? Because I thought it was a little vague. Yeah. Well, before we jump into the explanation... Um, yeah. So Jane's nosiness, and you bring you brought up the fact that she's a journalist, she's a reporter. I think the reason why she's digging is because she wants the story. Jane wants the story, just like all of us <laughs> want the story. We never got yeah. the story. Like all we got was a bit of a cliffhanger at the end of season two, and then they weren't together at the beginning of season three. Yeah. So yeah, we need the tea. We, like exactly, stat. Jane needs the tea. Cat needs the tea. Adina maybe has the tea, but is it ready to share all of it yet? Like, uh -huh. <laughs> like it's not warm enough. She has to warm up the tea <laughs> yeah. so it's ready. 
<laughs> so it's like piping. Exactly. Exactly. Uh, and so like she like Jane asked, why did you leave her in Paris? And Adina's response is, that's a good question. I was hoping I could discuss it with her. And of course, like this is like Adina giving like multiple times now trying to shut it down because this is none of Jane's business. <laughs> but Jane just like keeps pushing. Jane's like, Kat was really hurt and confused. She felt like she was stifling you, you, like she wasn't inspiring. And then that's when Adina starts to like say like, I know, but that's not the truth. You know, I was confused too. Mm-hmm. I was living in her house. I couldn't travel anymore. I wasn't making any money of my own for the first time. And that was really hard for me. And I blamed her. I made a mistake, but it doesn't matter now. She's happy and she's seeing someone. And as she says all of this, um, she kind of has this like look of like maybe resigned acceptance, but she like turns away from Jane because she has a pained expression on her face and she doesn't want Jane to see it. Um, mm-hmm. So like she sort of turns away from Jane, looks at the computer screen, and then she turns back to Jane and thanks Jane for the opportunity to do this photo shoot. And, and she's like, she, Adina didn't want Jane to see her emoting over Kat like that. And... Um, as Jane sort of walks away and steps back, the camera is close up on Adina's face, and Adina, Adina just looks at the tr- at the screen in front of her, tries to focus on the work in front of her, and you can see her take a breath. Like, she sniffles, and then she slows down and tries to take a breath, like, <gasps> so that she can mm-hmm, collect mm-hmm. herself and keep it together. Now, this yeah. explanation, the vagueness of it, the explanation that she was confused that she felt that she made a mistake that it wasn't the whole truth i think this bit of dialogue was i I don't know if the writers meant it this way but i felt like it was a very subtle acknowledgement from the writers that they Mm. were not good with the fans i feel like (laughs) that is an interesting take. I like that. Okay. Yeah, like, because fa- the fangirls and the Kadena shippers were fucking pissed about how right. little they were going to get Nicole, Nicole Boucheri in season three. And, like, honestly, Nicole Boucheri slays every single scene she's in. She steals it. She just, is, mm. she just like, is so good at what she does. She kills it every scene, um, every breath, every expression, every blink. And she and Kat are so compelling as a ship um, that to fail to give us an explanation as fans uh, was kind of a betrayal, actually, on the part of the writers. And so I feel like the, mm. the dialogue that they're giving us right now, like that Adina was confused, um, it also makes sense because if you remember in season two, we, we felt that Adina was not the Adina that we thought we knew. We felt that her behavior was yeah. not really consistent with what we know about her. Uh, you know, all of a sudden she's a workaholic. All of a sudden... Cat is the reason why she's not producing good work. It's like, in retrospect, what they did was they framed that as Adina was going through some shit because she, she had her own insecurities to deal with and she was not her true self when she broke up mm-hmm. with Cat. And I think that's them trying to renege and apologize for the shitty breakup that we got at the end of season two. Um, but I don't think the writers are ever going to apologize. This is like a very subtle acknowledgement. That's why I framed it that way. <laughs> like an acknowledgement, like, yeah, we messed up, Okay. I think you're right on that part, you know, and I didn't really think about it that way, but it makes total sense. And I don't know if you watched, um, you know, they do like a recap uh, before the episode. Mm-hmm. So the, the recap of episode eight showed those scenes, mm-hmm. the breakup scenes, and specifically Adina basically saying like, I don't know, you know, like yeah. she's, she did seem confused. So yeah. I think they were, they were kind of like introducing mm-hmm. that, you know, to preface this 
um, conversation that she has with Jane. And I think that, yes, it's true that the writers were probably using this to, like, acknowledge this uh, fault Mm -hmm. to the fans. Um, But I also felt like Adina kind of knew what she was doing. Like, Mm. I know we were saying, like, Jane was being nosy, but, like, Adina went up to Jane and brought this up to her about how she wishes she had somebody to talk to, like Jacqueline, or she wouldn't have made some mistakes. Mm. And it's like... Why would you say, like, why would you say that? <laughs> why yeah. would you say any of that? Yeah. Like, I feel like it's appropriate to just be like, oh, wow, that was a really good, that was a really good speech. Like, you know, even just say, I wish I had somebody like Jacqueline to talk to, because I feel like that would just leave Jane thinking like, yeah, I really am lucky to have someone like Jacqueline to talk to, because that's, that's exactly Jane's situation, right? Like, mm. she has Jacqueline basically as a mentor. And then she continues and says, like, <laughs> that we would have, like helped her she could have avoided some big mistakes so i don't know i felt like adina was trying to get jane to pry a little Mm. bit just so that she could tell this to her because she didn't feel like she could just go up to cat and be like i still have feelings for you and i think what happened you know i made a mistake and blah 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 um because she knows that's unfair right cat's with somebody else yeah she can't do that to her yeah so she tells her friend that she knows we'll tell cat everything Okay, I, I'm like really excited by this theory. But I think one thing I'm kind of wondering it, though is like, is Adina actually a Slytherin though? Because that would- I mean, she's using her cunning ways. <laughs> like I'm trying to figure out which house Adina is in. And I don't know, I don't- Honestly, girl, she is all of them. Like she is- she is brave and loyal, mm-hmm. like Gryffindors. Mm-hmm. She is extremely intelligent and values intelligence, like Ravenclaws. Mm-hmm. Um, she also values all, I feel like, even like friendships. I mean, the way that she handled the breakup with Kat mm. was like very much like a Hufflepuff. Yes, I agree. <laughs> that exchange over the Instagram comments, yes. Yeah, yeah. And then, um, I don't know, I feel like now I'm seeing like a little little bit of Slytherin coming mm. out. Um, okay, So okay. maybe she doesn't really get, you know, one one specific house. I don't know. Yeah. I'm seeing a lot of different personality yeah. traits from well, her. Well, I, I just don't know that she's that manipulative. I think if she's doing it, she's doing it on a truly subconscious level. Like she doesn't even know that she's Maybe. trying to, um, that she has these sort of like long-term machinations of like getting back together with Kat by cozying up with the best friend. Yeah. And maybe she's just honest to a fault, right? Because mm-hmm. then she like just sort of spills how she's feeling, like yeah. wearing her heart on her sleeve. And then when Jane probes her about it afterwards, she's just, yeah. but, you know, mm-hmm. tells her the truth. So. But she did turn away from Jane, not wanting Jane to see... How, that she's still emotional over Kat, and she did protest and cut Jane off multiple times. It was Jane being a fucking reporter that got that information yeah, yeah, out of yeah. her. Um, yeah. Yeah. True. Anyway, yeah. so Jane Jane tells Sutton, <laughs> and then they together decide to tell Kat, yeah. which I get like from like a friend point of view. It's like, okay, this is really going to rock her world yeah. um, in possibly a bad way. Like, let's talk about I mean it seemed like it wasn't a hard decision for them to make to tell her at all Mm -hmm. but like 
think it was more just like how we're yeah. we gonna tell her. So yeah, I mean, but the the reason why they decide to tell that tell Cat is because they see Adina and Cat both at Scarlet looking at each other from across the room yes. through the glass wall, oh. and like they both have like Adina especially has like the most tender look in her eyes. It's like a softness. I know. Like both of them, like both of them grow soft at the sight of each other. <laughs> And they literally say, like, look at them. Look at them looking at each other, right? And, I, and like, this was the moment when I was like, oh, this is the writers telling us for sure Kadena is endgame, motherfuckers. Like, look at them yep. looking at each other. And I honestly think they're good friends for telling Kat what was happen- that what happened in Paris was a mistake. Or at least Adina characterized it as such. Because I think Kat needs did not ever get closure. And they thought, like, she's not over you, Kat. We thought you should know even if all you get out of it is closure. Um, yeah. Which I think yeah. is the right thing to do. Like, clearly, they know that Kat hasn't processed the breakup, given her denial throughout the first part of the episode. Um, and so, like, any information that might help her get closure is is worth sharing. So, yeah, good friends. Absolutely. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So, Kat, like, very clearly does not know how to react in the moment. And she sort of tries to bring it up with Tia, mm. but it's like hard for her. And it's, it's true. Like, what do you say? Yeah. What do you say at that point? Hey, uh, I realized that I still kind of have feelings for my ex. And I just found out that she definitely probably still has feelings. For me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And then, and then Tia in that scene calls cat babe. Yeah. Did you hear that? Yes, I did. Did you catch that? I did. I, so Kristen, by the way, is like not a fan of Tia. And she, <laughs> as soon as she heard her say that, she goes, uh, it's a little early for that. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, yeah. I mean, Tia smiled when Kat said new boo, you know? Like, it's funny. I know, I know. I mean, I didn't think it was inappropriate for her to say it, but it did sort of stand out to me. I was like, Yeah, mm. yeah. I mean, Kat tries, but, like, here's how she tries. She tries in, like, the most clumsy way possible. She opens with, hey, you know what I adore about you? It's the fact that you make this and us easy. It's just easy. It's great. And I'm like, how is that an opening to a conversation yeah, about yeah. your ex, huh? Like, how? Yeah. And that's basically telling, like, what I was saying before, how Tia was just kind of there. I mean, it was easy, right? Like, it was easy to fall into that. Yes, yes, um, right, And Kat wasn't right. even, like, at the end, she'd sort of, like, resigned herself to thinking, like, okay, Tia said that she's, you know, definitely straight. And then um, she was, like, telling her, like, you know, if you don't even want to be friends or whatever, that's fine. Like, she was ready to walk away from her front porch, remember? Mm. And so I just feel like she literally just went along <laughs> with it when Tia turned out to be into it, right? Like, I don't know. Yeah. Kat did seem like she would be 100% okay either way Yeah, to me, Yeah, at least. So yeah. I think her telling Tia that she makes this easy, I mean, of course, Tia interpreted it as a positive thing, but I think in Kat's mind, she's comparing it to things with Adina and it was not a positive thing. Yeah, I mean, things with Adina were not easy. It was hard. It was hard with Adina. And so maybe she's, because because Kat doesn't have very much relationship experience, um, mm-hmm. I think it's hard for her to suss out, like, what's right for her, the thing that's easy or the thing that's hard. And, like, my, like, philosophy in, like, real life dating is that it should be easy. Like, it shouldn't, it shouldn't be that much work. Um, yeah, of yeah. course. But, like, if, when we're talking, like, endgame, like, 
it's not going to be easy because you have a long road ahead of you because Kadena is endgame, but they both have shit to take care of with themselves. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and they've both yeah. presumably grown a little bit. I mean, we know Kat has. We don't know what Adina's been up to, but, you know, she's at least come to a point where she can admit that she made a mistake and that she was confused and that she was blaming Kat um, for her, you know, her own insecurities. Right. I also don't think Tia made it that easy because she fucking gaslit Kat. And like, <laughs> yeah, she's just not making. No, she's I, mean, like, I think she means like in the moment while they're uh, together, it's easy. Yeah, because um, Tia, I mean, they they kind of like I don't know, they have like a a friendship flow, mm. like when they're when they're hanging out. You yeah. know what I mean? Like we were saying, like the banter. Mm-hmm. Um, they just kind of have like a good time. Yeah. Um, but yeah, but that's not always all you need in a relationship. Yeah, sometimes <laughs> easy is convenient, and it's super convenient that the person you want to fuck and the person who's running your campaign are the same person. Like, right? Yeah. Um, so Kat obviously can't bring herself to tell Tia what's actually going on with her. Again, repeating this theme of both of them failing to be honest with each other. Um, yep. And instead. Cat meets up with Adina in the park at night. Yeah, and apparently Cat is the one who called her. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. She says. Yeah, and Tia, I'm so. sure, does not know about this. Oh, uh, for sure she. No, Tia went home. Remember, she had to water her plant. Oh, that's right. That's right. That's right. Oh my gosh, that's kind of yeah. suspect, Cat. That's a little shady. Um, waiting until yeah. after your new boo leaves to call up your ex. Right. But anyways, Adina smiles and is sitting on the bench and she's happy to see Kat. Um, And I notice that they don't hug when they see each other. Kat just says hi. Um, Mm -hmm. And Adina follows them. Yeah, yeah, it's a little awkward. And then Kat sits down and Adina's like, I'm glad you called. And the first thing Kat says, Adina, look, I just started seeing someone. And she's great. She's really great. And I'm happy. And Adina says, but. yeah, <laughs> <There's> <laughs> yeah. <a but. laughs> I know, I know, right? And then Adina says, then I'm happy, you're happy, which is just bullshit. And then the butt comes right in. <laughs> um, but I just never really understood what happened to us. I thought about it a lot and maybe it means I'm insecure or whatever, but it tortured me. That's the phrasing Kat used, mm-hmm. it tortured me. And Adina responds with, no, I get it. And then, do you want to walk? And Kat says, yeah, let's walk. And I'm like, wow, Jesus Christ. At night? With your super hot ex-girlfriend? What do you think's going to happen? I know. (sighs) Uh, Yeah, they left us on that cliffhanger for sure. I am, like, dying to know what happened. So did you watch the clip for the next episode? I'm I'm caught up. Yeah, yeah. Okay. So, there are only two episodes left in the season, and I thought that the election was going to be in the season finale, mm-hmm. but it looks like it's going to be in the next oh, yeah. episode. Yeah. Um, so, it's election time, and it looks like it's going to be Kadena versus Kia mm-hmm. <laughs> for, for, like, for sure, between now and the end of the season. Um, yeah. Thoughts, Aphrodite? Okay, so clearly she is going to Adina for advice, like asking about what to do if she wins the election, leaving Scarlet and everything. And Adina is the one who gives her the pep talk. So to me, that says like there are certain things that she just can't talk to Tia about maybe. Um, Yeah. Well, because and also Tia, to be fair, is biased as her campaign manager. Oh, absolutely. I'm excited and also really scared. And I think we need to find out whether Nicole Boucher is in the final episode of The Bold Type. Or, 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 hear me out. What if she's not in the last episode? She leaves, goes back to Paris or wherever. 
And Kat, you know, after the events of episode nine, Kat is like, oh shit, like, I really do love Adina. I should, like, not be stringing Tia along. Mm. And so even though Adina is not featured in the episode, she yeah. breaks things off with Tia. Yeah. And then maybe it's like the reverse of the last season finale where it's like, it's the cliffhanger we don't know because they're like not together. And then mm. when the next season opens, they are back together. Maybe. Oh, wow. <laughs> I would so be into that. Um, yeah. <laughs> okay. I, so IMDb tells us nothing because it doesn't even list Nicole Boucheri in episode nine. Um, so we can't oh, trust no. what's on there. But somebody out there who's listening probably knows, honestly. They're, the fans always have more information. Oh, we're do. dying to know. We really okay, so are. if you know, <laughs> if you know if Nicole, Nicole Boucheri is going to be in the season finale of the Bold Type, please let us know. ASAP. Tweet at us. Oh my god. Um, slide into our DMs, like whatever. Just let us know what you know, and if you can tell us how you know, that would also be great. Because oh my god. We right? apparently need more updated sources of information. <laughs> oh, for real, these. Yeah. Oh my gosh. But either way, I'm very excited. No, I'm super excited too. I'm super excited. Yeah, I'm very excited for episode 9 already because I, I thought that this was going to be the climax that we see in episode 10. But now I'm like, oh my god, is the season finale going to be even bigger? Like, what the hell is going to happen? Um, but maybe it won't be big, like, centered around Kat's story. It could be Jane's story, you know, the the story that she's breaking about this yes. photographer. Mm-hmm. Or, um, you know, I don't know. I just really thought that Cat the election was going to be in the finale. So it's kind of throwing me for a loop here that it's mm. the second to last episode. Or maybe it'll be about Jacqueline because after the story comes out, you know, like, because like. Ooh, yeah. Big stuff at Scarlet in general, yeah, right? Big, like, like big picture stuff with Scarlet, the future of digital versus print and um, Jacqueline mm-hmm. as the head of the magazine. I feel like the finale might be yeah, about yeah. that. And remember, Kat's making her decision about whether or not to stay at Scarlet. So that might be, you know. Mm. Yeah, yeah. Well, uh, the next time we have our podcast episode, we'll probably be debriefing episode 9 and 10. So we'll have watched the season finale. Um, But yeah, I did not expect to get this much Queer Women of Color ship content in episode 7 and 8. It was a lot. It was a lot. So much, so much. I had like so many notes, right? <laughs> like paragraphs. I had so many notes and so nuts. many feelings. Like, oh my god! Now oh, I have I to know. rewatch. Like, we, I have to rewatch season one because I think what I appreciated about the return of Adina in this episode is like, so like Cat's confusion about the breakup was shared by all of us as viewers. We were confused, we were lost, and we want answers, and hopefully we will get them. But like this Adina, the Adina who came back. This is the Adina we fell in love with. Not the mm-hmm, workaholic mm-hmm. in Paris who did a sudden 180, but the one who, like, is conscious of other people's feelings, the one who, like, cares deeply and is super poised, elegant, thoughtful, considerate, and doesn't push, but lets Kat come to her. You know? Like... Yeah, yeah. That's the Adina we fell in love with. And seeing that contrast between Adina and Tia, it's like, it does make me feel like, oh, I've enjoyed most of season three this, uh, like, so far, but, like, not in the way that I enjoyed season one. Like, it, like, absolutely, the high that we get, that we get from the Kadena ship is wildly different and a different order of magnitude compared to Cat with anyone else. Yeah, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I know. No, I agree. I mean, I just feel like there's something about Tia that's, like, not really clicking for me where I'm like, 
happy to see you know queer rep queer women of color rep especially cat specifically with another black woman mm -hmm. but i just like something about their connection is really missing the yeah, mark for me I and i think that that was intentional you know like it's not like the actors aren't clicking or anything like that like from the writing standpoint that was intentional we're i think we're supposed to want to root for kadena mm -hmm. or at the very least you know have like a ship battle like I feel like <laughs> this is always how it is right this is the same as charmed where like the other two straight characters have their ships kind of set in stone and then the queer one has the love triangle oh yeah yeah I do have to say that like seeing my ex Adina again on the screen <laughs> um, made me regret things I've said on this podcast yeah I've made assumptions about her as a character I thought I knew her. I was angry at her for being a workaholic. But now that she's said that, like, all of that was not the true her, and, like, now that we figured that out, I'm just like, oh, my God, I can't believe I said all these things about my ex, Adina. And, like, Adina, I Adina, if you're listening, Aphrodite is very sorry. I'm so sorry. Like take you back. I, I know. I, like, <laughs> I, like, spoke ill of you, and I should never have. And I'm just so, so sorry. <laughs> yeah <laughs> if you could redo that list i'm sure she would rank a little bit higher oh my god time. yes 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 i think she would be up there next to asami but i don't want to like but like right now it's like too like my mind's not totally it's too like, soon to tell yeah yeah i'm like i'm all discombobulated just like cat yeah, yeah yeah she's she's talked the talk we gotta see her walk the walk right like mm -hmm. we don't know if she's really changed maybe she had a moment of clarity realized she made a mistake but is she gonna make that mistake again we don't know yeah Whew. All right. So. Well, hope you'll join us next time when we wrap up the season of The Bold Type. Again, if you have intel about Nicole Boucheri, we would love to hear it. Other theories? Please. Open to hearing that too. Tweet at us at QWOC Ship. Uh, again, that's QWOC Ship. And thanks so much for joining us. Bye. Bye.